Welcome to the podcast, Tawanda Renee Today. I am Tawanda Renee, and I want to share a story about a man named David. Now, David, from his youth, was a was a strong individual. He was a warrior. He was a fighter. He was a protector. He was an upstanding uh, young man, and his his strength just it grew. His might, his power, his authority, it grew. One day, David, he was crowned king. He became a king, and he noticed this beautiful woman named Bathsheba. He noticed her bathing, and so he sent out to find out who who she is. So he learned that Bathsheba was another man's wife. Bathsheba was married to Uriah, and Uriah was 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 a uh, was on the battlefield fighting. So David brought Bathsheba into his home and slept with her, had sex with her, and Bathsheba went back to her house, the house that she had with her husband. And later on. Bathsheba sent word to the almighty King David that, yep, you guessed it, she was pregnant. So David, this strong man, upright man, king, has a palace full of women and wives and and all the luxuries he could um, ask for or want sets out to figure out how he can cover up this sin the sin of taking another man's wife having sex with her and impregnating her so David sends for Uriah to come home from the battlefield thinking surely he's been away for a long time so he's going to go and and make love to his wife why wouldn't he but Uriah (laughs) being the righteous and good hearted man that he is did not go home he slept outside of the palace and when David questioned him he's like why aren't you going home why aren't you feasting why aren't you going to visit with your wife and Uriah said how can I do these things I have men out on the battlefield they're not in comfort comfortable quarters they're not living well right now they're not eating well they're not making love to their wives how can I as a leader as a warrior as a good-hearted man do this knowing that I have left men on the battlefield in the condition that they're in why am I why should I be privileged to go home so David invited him in invited Uriah in to feast with him and he got him drunk and he's like surely 
with him not being in his right mind in that sound mind surely he'll go home to his wife and have sex with her and, and, and make love to her but Uriah did not he did not he spent another night out outside the on the palace steps he did not go home he did not go see his wife not only did he not have sex with her he did not go see her so David decided to have Uriah killed in battle so he sent word to put Uriah in the front line on the battlefield and that was done and Uriah was killed and word was sent back to David that Uriah was killed so David um, sent for Bathsheba and made her his wife after after she mourned there's a period of mourning that um, the loved one goes through so she did her period of mourning and then David brought her in and, and married her and they had a son now God was not pleased at all with what David had done and so God sent a messenger to David and, and, and told David this story of how, how a gentleman had um, so much so many sheep and, and everything he could have but when a, when a visitor came he refused to give one of his one of his sheep up but there was another gentleman who only had one sheep and he loved this and 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 took it in like it was family him and his family they catered to this sheep they fed it they protected it they loved it and the and the rich man took took the poor man's one sheep because he was too stingy and sinful to take from his own. And David got upset. He's like, this man's going to have to pay for what he's done. That was not right. How could he live with himself? He has everything he wants and he takes from this man who only has one thing. He's going to die. <laughs> and the messenger said, well, David, that's you. God gave you everything and he said if you wanted more all you had to do was ask for it you didn't have to take another man's wife you didn't have to take an, this man's life so David came to his senses and he's like I have sinned against God and the messenger said don't fear God's not going to kill you but he is going to take your son so the messenger left and and God um, struck David and Bathsheba's son with illness. So David David fell on his face and he and he fasted and he prayed to God that God would allow his son to live and and his his um his his servants came out and they they uh, stood beside him and tried to 
lift him up and and get him to eat and David just refused he refused to get up he refused to eat he refused to to leave um, off of the, off the ground where he was just praying and fasting and on the seventh day of this David's son died and his servants you know they were talking among themselves trying to figure out how they were going to tell David that his son died and and David looked up and he saw them talking so he knew his son had died and he asked them he said is my son dead and they said yes now this is the point that I want to make what David did next and I had to give the backstory to get to this point what David did next is what I want us to focus on when we're dealing with loss and grief. And I don't want anybody to take this as I'm saying, God punished you by taking your loved one away. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just sharing a story about David and what he did when his son died. David got up. He got up. He washed himself. He put on fresh clothes. Nope. First, I apologize. David got up and he worshipped God. That was the point I wanted to make. He worshipped God. Sometimes we're still on the ground and we are cursing God cursing him in all different types of ways, accusing him of not loving us, accusing him of not loving our loved one. We are just cussing God out in so many forms and fashions. David got up and worshiped God. Oh, can we do that? Can we get up? And worship God. He got up and worshiped God and then he lived. We have to live. Yes, we grieve. Yes, we are in pain. Yes, the blow is too hard for us to bear. But we lean on God and we trust God. We do not cuss him out. We do not curse him. We do not accuse him of not loving us because God loved us before we were even formed in our mother's womb. He has loved us from the very beginning. He first loved us. That's how we are even able to love. David got up and he worshiped God and then he lived. He washed himself. He put on clean clothes. He went inside the house, sat sat at the table, and waited for a hot and well-prepared meal. And his servants questioned, "How? What are you doing? How are you doing this? You just—we couldn't even get you up off the ground. We couldn't get you to eat for seven days. You were in so much torment and torture, and we couldn't help you. But now you just come in and you sit down." And you wait for your food and you're dressed all well and smelling all good. And David, I'm going to read it. And, and I'm coming from 2 Samuel 
chapters 11 and 12 read those on your on your own but second samuel um chapter 12 verse 20 through 23 says then david got up from the ground washed anointed himself with olive oil changed his clothes and went into the house of the lord and worshiped so i do apologize he worshiped after he cleansed himself then he came back to his own house and when he asked they set food before him and he ate then his servant said to him what is this thing that you have done while the child was alive you fasted and wept but when the child died you got up and ate food david said while the child was still alive i fasted and wept for i thought who knows the lord may be gracious to me and the child may live but now he is dead why should I continue to fast? Can I bring him back again? I will go to him when I die, but he will not return to me. So David got up and he knew that he had to continue to live. He knew that he would again see his child, but he knew that he could not bring his child back. So I want to encourage us to get up, worship God, worship him, thank him, love on him for the time that he gave, for the time that he shared our loved one with us, for those memories, for those moments. Let's get up and worship God and then let's go live. We have a life to live which is why we are here. So let's ask God, what is it, what is it, Lord, that you want me to do with this life? This loss has changed life for me, but what is it that you want me to get up and go do? So I pray this word encourages you. Yes, there will be pain. Yes, there will be hard times. Yes, you will, you will fall over and over again, but let's get up. Let's not stay down. Let's get up. Let's worship God and let's go live. I turned around and you were gone. Opened my eyes and you were in the sky. I tripped running after you, but you were gone. These tears are mine, not bottled up, but a stream. Why couldn't I have you longer? Were you satisfied with how I held you? Did you hear my heart with every I love you? It feels incomplete with the broken part of my wing that held you. It's a little empty without you, but look at those plans. We never fully separated. The stitchings of God still holds us together. We all have an expected end. These streams will soon be drops. These drops will someday stop. When I get caught up, we'll meet in the sky. We'll dance, rejoice, love, forever be together, walking the streets of gold. Praising our Father, our Savior, you already know that's a sight to behold. If you catch a drop, if it flows to where you are, that's water love reviving our connection. It's not for you, it's for me to know that love is our completion. We never really let go, I hold your hand through these tears. That water love circles back and it's another moment without you that I can bear. You're in a resting place, but one day soon we'll be dancing in the sky. 
One day soon our union will be revived. One day soon when it's my turn to rise. One day soon I'll meet you in the sky. There's a common phrase and statement, and I'm sure many of us have heard it, that we are on borrowed time. Borrowed in the sense where I'm focusing on when I have to give it up or give it back. But I like to say that we are on share time. Share time given by God. God gives us share time. God gives us share time to share with others. There's just a different attitude, a different approach, a different feeling, a different sense a different respect for time when you consider it being shared instead of borrowed. We know that um, God knows our beginning and our end. He has that all figured out already. And we also know that worldly possessions fade away. Worldly possessions fade away. And although it would be nice in some ways, I I cannot fill another person's life up with worldly things. I just don't have that magnitude to do so. You know, there's there's a love language that is acts of um, oh well there there's acts of service, but it's gift giving. Some people they um, if you give them gifts, that acknowledges them, and then they feel loved loved. If you give them quality time, they may not want quality time. They may not think twice about quality time. Therefore, they will not feel loved. But when I give, what I try to give are soul-satisfying and valuable gifts with the understanding that worldly, worldly possessions, they fade. Yes, I do understand while the person is here in this world, it's nice for them to be touched and loved the way they want and need to be touched and loved. But also sometimes it's good for us to look at what a person has, look at their hearts, look at their intention and realize that, okay, I can receive what they offer me because this is what they have and they're given from the fullness of themselves. But with soul satisfying and valuable gifts, it's an experience and a feeling of being loved. It's the feeling and experience of being listened to, the feeling an experience of being supported, the feeling and experience of sharing a good laugh, you know? So I ask, what, what do you value? What do you value? Even if you are that person whose love language is receiving gifts, what is, what is a deeper rooted core value of yours? That when somebody offers you from their heart, you recognize it as such and you can receive that. You can receive that the value that they offer 
So what feeds your soul? What touches your heart? And what do you want to give your love circle with this sheer time God gives you? Do you want to be combative and restrictive and withholding because you feel unloved, un, um, undervalued, underappreciated because of the way somebody offers love? Or do you want to try to open up your understanding and realize, well, this person is given from the fullness of him or herself. So let me see what I can receive. Let me see what I can accept from this person. Let me see where their heart is and where their intentions are. So what is it that you want to give your love circle with this shared time God gives you because you may be able to supply someone with with furniture, with housing, with money, with cars, with um, job. Like you may be able to supply somebody with that, but has that reached the depths of them? Has that hit their love spot? Does that communicate love to them? You may give them all the wealth that you have. And they may not do anything with it because that's not what they need at their core. So are you taking the time to learn what another person values, what another person needs, and what you can give that corresponds and and aligns with what this person needs as well? So I want you to consider at the start of your day. I know I know gratitude is a huge thing. We're thankful, we're grateful. We are thankful and we are grateful and we are appreciative. But at the start of your day from now on, I want you to say this. Thank you for sharing time with me, God. It's that simple. And then I want you to think of what he has given you in the day. Who is there? Who can you reach out to? What can you give? What valuable gift can you give? Soul satisfying and valuable gift. What can you give that uh, to another person? Thank you, God. This is not just borrowed time. This is shared time. This time is valuable priceless and and my love circle is irreplaceable so thank you for sharing time with me God and, and help me show me how I can maximize the time you've given me today to share show me how God gives continued blessings he gives new mercies every single morning So why not thank him for shared time? Why not thank him for it? And then notice, this is why we're going to keep our eyes open from now on. Notice when someone else is giving you soul-satisfying and valuable gifts. So that's 
what I pray that we do today. I pray that we take a journey just to stop and see that this time is shared. God shared it with us and he gave it to us to share with other people and he's given other people time to share with us. So let's share. Let's not borrow time. Let's share it. On today, I pray for your peace and joy. And I pray that you receive it to the fullest. And until we meet again, stay rested in the arms of God. Time works for me, and I give it to man. Come into alignment or surrender to another's plan. You wait, you contemplate. There is an hour that my will will be done. Take your time if you think you have it. Hear the sound of the ticking and talking. I sent time to prevent you from stopping. Don't stop my plans. Don't release them to another. If you think I'm not talking to you, they'll be lost to you forever. Watch the hand, imagine it's mine. I'm counting down, don't waste my time. You want things redeemed, but might I ask at whose pace? Trust me, I'm good, haven't you already had a taste? The sound of I surrender all pours out of your heart, but that's the very thing you give to me in part, time. You don't own it, it's mine. My will will be done. It's for you to figure out if that part of your plan will keep you face to face with the one I designed. Tick-tock, tick-tock, watch the hand, cause the clock's about to stop.